We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Well, good morning. It is Hardline here on News Radio 930. WBEN, Joe Beamer with you for the next two hours. Yes, I'm here. Yes, I'm sunburned and heartbroken after that game yesterday, but drove throughout the night so I could be here with you and bring you a live version of Hardline. Also, I apologize for my voice. Uh, might have yelled a little too much at that, uh, at that fourth quarter collapse I witnessed yesterday. But let's get right into it. We are less than two weeks no, I'm sorry. We are two no, we are less than 2 weeks away from election day. Almost 1 week away from election day 2021. We'll be talking about that later in the show, but we also have a lot of things going on in Washington DC and to bring us up to date, we have Congressman Brian Higgins joining us. Congressman, good morning. Good morning. Uh, Congressman, uh, two weeks ago, it was announced that finally we would be able to allow some Canadians here into the United States, which I think is great news here in western New York. I think it's also great news for the Buffalo Sabres and Buffalo Bills. Um, Congressman, what do you think of this development and what should we be looking for uh, our Canadian friends as they enter the country in about one week? I think it's about five months late. Uh, and it's still not an ideal situation because Canadians now entering the United States, which is a good thing, those who are fully vaccinated, uh, must get a test before re-entering Canada. Uh, and I think that will cause uh, some disruption uh, in a uh, cross-border uh, pattern that is typically uh, reliable and predictable. And Canadians who have to be tested upon re-entry in Canada may be reluctant to take that trip. Uh, think about it, in 2019, pre-pandemic, uh, $21 billion uh, was spent by Canadian visitors to the United States by 21 million people. Uh, that's about uh, $175 billion, uh, uh, you know, uh, or $1.75 billion every month. So, you know, it's, it's quite an economic impact, plus those who have been separated from loved ones and uh, people who, you know, are fully vaccinated should have been able to cross the border many, many months ago. That said, uh, it is an opening and we continue to work uh, with the U.S. and Canadian government uh, to to uh, remove uh, the testing requirement upon reentry into Canada. Congressman, how does this differ from other international travel and where that stands right now? 
Well, international travel, as you know, the United States uh, could not, the people in the United States could not travel to European countries. Now they can. So there's, there is, uh, there's travel by car, there's travel by air. And the key, uh, by and large, is fully vaccinated. If you're fully vaccinated, you can uh, confirm that. You can certify that. Uh, you know, we're getting back to pre-pandemic uh, activity, but there are still restrictions that need to be removed. Uh, for our Canadian friends that are looking to come back over, maybe they'd like to see a, a Sabres game and to prove their vaccination. Will a vaccine that's not FDA approved be approved to get into the country? It, it will. Uh, uh, it's been determined that uh, the, the mixed vaccines are going to be acceptable because they have been tested uh, and approved for emergency use by the World Health Organization the United States is the largest and most generous contributor to the World Health Organization. And the announcement was made that those who have that the, the mix of, of vaccines uh, can, in fact, uh, enter the United States. And as you said, you know, this is a good starting point. When could we see this um, looked at again and maybe modified uh, later on? Well, right now, I think it's incumbent upon the Canadian government to eliminate uh, that uh, testing uh, for re-entry uh, because, uh, again, if you're fully vaccinated, you have strong immunity from getting uh, severely sick, hospitalized, or dying from COVID. And, you know, the truth is, you know, we're not going to eradicate COVID. Uh, so what we have to do is is manage it in an effective way that is safe uh, for all of our citizens. So uh, this is an evolving process. As I said, I think this border uh, for, the, for, for the fully vaccinated on both the U.S. and Canadian side should have been open, A, at the same time, B, it should have been many, many months ago because uh, you're looking at a situation now where uh, the Mexican uh, Mexican citizens, the population of fully vaccinated adults is only about 36 percent. And in Canada, it's you know reaching 77 percent and moving higher. So what it says is regardless of the percentage of the population, so long as that percentage is fully vaccinated, they uh, have good protection, uh, and these these uh, these vaccines are highly effective, 85, 90, 95 percent, even against the Delta variant. Now, Congressman, moving on to the debt ceiling, we uh, we heard last week the debt ceiling being raised, and I guess for the audience, what exactly does that mean, and how does that affect our December? Um, deadline to pass a budget so we don't go into a shutdown? Well, we could spend a couple of hours on this, as you know. Uh, it is There's a long history to it, uh, but the bottom line is this. Uh, Congress uh, has approved spending, and the debt ceiling has to be raised to pay those obligations. It does not authorize new spending. And there's a long history of both parties, Democrat and Republican, contributing to the debt ceiling. And uh, it has to be raised. The consequence of not doing that is that you uh, you risk uh, hurting the economy very badly in all aspects of the economy. And that's the last thing we need, generally speaking. But we certainly do not need that when we're trying to recover from a pandemic that devastated the American economy for the past uh, 19 months. 
you know, we hear about this infrastructure bill. I, I think I've asked you about the infrastructure bill the last two times you've been on. Uh, where does that stand? I, I know uh, we are seeing the president speaking with members of Senate today. Uh, where does that infrastructure stand and where where it is now? How do you see this passing? Um, how do you see the modifications getting this passed? Well, the, the infrastructure bill is about $1.2 trillion, uh, which is a good investment, not nearly what it ought to be. Uh, the American Society of Civil Engineers says that just to bring our infrastructure, United States infrastructure, to a state of good repair, uh, you need to spend about $4 trillion. That said, uh, it's certainly better than nothing, and that bill uh, nobody is, is disputing. Uh, what's at dispute now, what's in dispute now is the issue of the Build Back Better program, which is more of human infrastructure, the child tax credit, which you know could bring uh, 50% of those who are now born into poverty out of poverty. Uh, there is, there is uh, pre-K, uh, there's child care, uh, there's money in there to help our citizens become uh, more economically self-sufficient and productive uh, as they advance through life. And that's a good investment in the growth of the American economy, because I would argue that the primary cause of our debt and deficit is, is the lack of growth. And when you have an economy that's $22.7 trillion and it's growing typically at less than 3% over two decades, if you get to 4%, uh, that's the kind of thing that will begin to eliminate uh, deficit and significantly reduce the debt. What kind of money would a city like Buffalo see from the current infrastructure bill? Yeah, that's a good question. Right now, under current law, uh, without the infrastructure bill, uh, the state of New York receives about $1.4 billion every year. And it's actually money that you pay at the gas pump. It's the federal uh, gasoline tax. And uh, so you'll see a signif- significant increase in the amount of money. So this $1.2 trillion will be a net, uh, net new money. Uh, so it's beyond the current law and beyond what we've been receiving uh, over the past several years. So there's a lot of new money from which uh, to new, do new projects. And, and, you know, there is a there is a cause and effect relationship. When you invest in infrastructure, uh, the private sector responds. For example, when we did Ohio Street, uh, that was about 10 million dollars in federal money. What followed was about uh, a $7 investment for every dollar that we spent. So the return on investment was about 700 uh, percent, which is very, very substantial. And that's not coincidental. That's a cause and effect relationship uh, that has been studied by economists, uh, conservative economists uh, uh, and others uh, to confirm that when you invest in infrastructure, it creates jobs and it creates economic growth uh, and private sector investment. We see it on Ohio Street in Buffalo. We see it on Niagara Street. We see it on car sharing Main Street. Every time you do a block, car sharing Main Street, those buildings that were vacant uh, for many, many years uh, receive new private sector investment. So it's a good public-private partnership uh, that produces good economic growth. With that said, we heard um, members of the Common Council in the city of Buffalo uh, referencing infrastructure money as a way to make downtown a possible place for a Bill stadium. What do you think of that statement, and what do you think of a stadium in downtown Buffalo? 
Uh, I think what the, the council was, was referring to is that infrastructure money in this bill could be used uh, to uh, facilitate uh, a change in infrastructure that would make uh, a stadium in downtown Buffalo feasible. And I think, look, they're, they're good ideas, and they should all be uh, seriously considered. Uh, the council has a stake in that, uh, and that they're promoting what's in the best interest of downtown Buffalo. I think like all of these things, a very reasonable uh, uh, cost-benefit analysis should be done on all the sites, and that information should be made public, and as the public will likely be participating in the financing of a new stadium, uh, they should have that information. That's just good, smart uh, politics is to do a cost-benefit analysis. Does it make sense to put it here, uh, uh, you know, site A, B, or, or, or C, and here are the benefits to doing that, here are the costs of doing that, and, you know, reasonable people can conclude based on that information what is the best decision uh, for uh, this region. This week, um, Congress held Steve Bannon in contempt of Congress. Uh, Congressman, where do we stand on the investigation into the incidents of January 6th? Well, the, uh, the, you know, the, the investigation is ongoing, and uh, uh, Steve Bannon was, was uh, subpoenaed. Uh, he's ignored it, and he's being held in contempt. Uh, of Congress uh, as a result. Everybody should want to get to the bottom of what happened on January 6th. That was an attack on the United States Capitol, uh, you know, the the essence of American democracy. It was a domestic attack. Uh, people lost their lives, including law enforcement, and that cannot be tolerated. So we need to get good answers from people that were primarily involved or alleged to be uh, primarily involved. Uh, and that's just, you know, a process of good decision making. And those who are subpoenaed, who have good information that can help us get to that conclusion, uh, if they uh, uh, do not, you know, come uh, to provide that willingly, uh, they will, in fact, be subpoenaed and be held in contempt. You know, Congressman, some would say that those that were responsible, those that were in um, were in the Capitol on January sixth, you know, they've been they've been put on trial, they've been put in jail. What else is Congress trying to get out of um, out of this investigation? Well, I think there's a lot of uh, unanswered questions uh, that still need to be answered. A lot of people have been uh, have been charged, and they're going through the criminal justice uh, system. Uh, but there are issues relative to the origins and the organization uh, of this this attack, and to uh, see who was involved, uh, to what extent, and to what extent that contributed uh, to the death and destruction on January 6th and the attack on the United States Capitol. And one more question before we let you go. We're about two months into um, Kath, uh, Governor Kathy Hochul's administration. Uh, how would you uh, rate the governor so far in her uh, first year as governor? I think she's doing very, very well. Uh, she is uh, clear. She's concise. And she's in control. Uh, these are very difficult circumstances, uh, you know, generally speaking. And she uh, assumed the office of governor uh, under uh, very trying circumstances beyond the difficulty that is traditionally associated with that. And look, 
Kathy Hochul is inspired by good ideas and good people. Uh, she is uh, motivated by big challenges. Uh, she has, you know, the the experience at the local level, the county level, the federal level, and now the state level. Uh, her job as lieutenant governor was was to be prepared. Uh, if and when uh, she was asked to take over the responsibility of governor. And I don't think anybody uh, is better prepared to do that in New York State than Kathy Hochul. And I think uh, she, uh, the more she is uh, on that stage as governor uh, for at least uh, the next uh, uh, six months uh, or actually more, uh, she will for the next more than a year. Uh, she will continue uh, to gain in popularity because they will see what we know in Buffalo and Western New York, and that is uh, a very smart, uh, telegenic, uh, and uh, not afraid to take on difficult issues. An individual who has done that, uh, we've seen it because she is local. Uh, but the entire state of New York, I think, will uh, witness uh, what we already know. And I think in that, uh, she will be a very, very viable candidate uh, for governor because she will be a successful uh, interim governor. Congressman Brian Higgins, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Thanks, Joe. Take care. That is Congressman Brian Higgins. When we come back, we are playing audio from the India Walton AOC rally. And then at 11.06, we have State Senator Rob Ort discussing the ballot that you will be looking at maybe right now if you go into the early voting or on Election Day. Remember, there are two sides to the ballot. And State Senator Rob Ort will be here to break down uh, that other side of the ballot that you might not be hearing so much about. So, so much more left here. And then at 1130, we have uh, Buffalo Councilmember Rashid Wyatt joining us. So, still a lot left here on Hardline on WBEN. Welcome back to Hardline here on New. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. News Radio 930 WBEN. Happy Sunday. Hope everyone is uh, has a nice start to their Bills bye week. Uh, as I said, we have a packed show for you today. We 
Spoke with Congressman Brian Higgins last segment. If you missed any of that, it's available on demand at WBEN.com and on the Odyssey app. Now, yesterday, I'm sure you heard, uh, Congress Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was in Buffalo to rally for India Walton and spoke at the town ballroom downtown. We have comments from both India Walton and Congresswoman AOC. Here are those. If you want to hear them in their entirety, you can find those at WBEN.com. That's what this is all about. Today is the first day of early voting. At every turn in my life, I'm telling you I've been told what I cannot do. Or because I did something before, it meant that I couldn't do the next thing that I wanted to do. And I never let that stop me. But I can tell you this for sure, I've never done it alone. I've always had the support of a beloved community, and that community is the community of Buffalo, New York. When I talk about the Walton campaign, I always speak in the plural. I say we and us. I say our campaign. I say our platform. I say we are going to. We will. We have. We done. We did. We did. We did this. We won the primary. We won it fair and square. We won it with integrity. We won it with honesty. And we won it by running on our values. Now you can call it whatever you want. They're going to dog whistle and try and make it seem like we're the ones that are wrong. But we're the ones that are right. Every person has the right to safe, healthy housing. Every person has the right to an quality education. Every person has the right to breathe clean air and drink clean water. Every person has the right to bargain collectively, be a member of a union, and have their rights protected. This is our city. We are the workers, we do the work. We are tired, we are sick and tired of those that have the most always getting everything. We know it's very obvious that the Republicans are pouring money into this race. We know it's very obvious that the talking points that are being used against me, most of which are just flat out lies, but are attacks on my character because my opponent doesn't have a plan. I learned organizing from a very smart person who said you can't run anti-campaigns. You can't, you can't win a campaign by telling someone what you don't want. You have to run a campaign based on what you do want. What are you going to do? So, I hope that all of the angry people who are watching the thousands of people that we are sending to the polls today, are receiving this message loud and clear. When we organize, when we organize, now, stop your live feed for a moment. 
text five of your friends, remind them that today is early voting and that they should be voting for India Walton. A vote for India Walton is a vote for change. A vote for India Walton is a vote for transparency. A vote for India Walton is a vote for accountability. A vote for India Walton is a vote for us. We've been running a kick-ass campaign, thousands of volunteers, but we cannot relax. We have 10 days left. We have to put, keep our foot on the gas. Knock every door, ring every phone, get out and vote, talk to your people. We can't, let, we can't leave anything to chance. You know, they're already angry, they're already mad, Right? If we don't win by a significant margin, it might be January till we find out who actually won. Right? So I have a, a number that's been playing in my mind, and the number is 58. We need to get 58% of the vote because then that way it's mathematically impossible. So when we leave here, the first thing I need you to do, the very first thing I need you to do before you go do anything else, before you go to Eugene V. Debs to go canvas, before you go have lunch or whatever, the first thing I need you to do is go and cast your vote. Make the news, make the headline in the morning say, this is the biggest turnout in the history of early voting for Erie County. The, the, the final speaker who is coming is, who most of y'all probably came here to see anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but when when we talk about the proliferation of movements, right? Know that this didn't this didn't start with me. This didn't start with this election. That you know the work has been going on in Buffalo for a long, long time. That's you know how what groomed me and what made me able to to be able to withstand the attacks and the BS and all of that, right? Um, you know, people, people in this room, Betty Jean Grant, you know, Har Harper sitting up there somewhere, Luce, Luce who was just on the stage a little while ago. But you know, we, we all have political heroes that we, we follow on Twitter, we watch them on TV, we see them in documentaries, and it's like, wow, you don't have to be like a lawyer, or like come from a wealthy family to be able to like run and win and you can do it using the skills and tools that we already have? So what I want y'all to do is give the biggest ground shaking Buffalo, New York welcome to Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez! Buffalo, are you 
ready. Wepa's ready. <laughs> Are you ready to elect one of the most badass mayors in the United States? You all are gonna do that. Buffalo's gonna do that. This city right here is gonna do that. And it's gonna be a shining light for the rest of this country when you do that. I am so excited to be here in Buffalo. I really am for so many reasons, so many reasons. One is that y'all are making waves, okay? <laughs> Buffalo is making waves, has been making waves. And I want you to know that, that we are watching, that the state is watching, that down, down in the Bronx and Queens we see what y'all are doing, and around the country we see what y'all are doing, okay? We do. We see it. Shout out to the CWA strikers out at, the, out, out at Mercy Hospital. Shout out to our Starbucks workers who are trying to have the first unionized Starbucks in the country. Shout out to the organizers here who upended the political establishment in June and overturned an incumbent. That's not easy. You all are doing it. You're doing the damn thing. And that's what it takes. That's what, it's ta that's what it takes. And what I love, what I love is that we're doing it in a post-industrial city right here in New York State. Post-industrial city. We're taking away all the excuses. We're taking away all the excuses. When we go around and people say, whether it's in Washington or whether it's in New York City or anywhere else, and they say universal childcare is not possible. They say guaranteed healthcare is not a possibility. They say the union, the, union, uh, the labor movement is too anemic and we can, it will never be what it once was. All of that. They, they say all of that stuff because they say post-industrial cities cannot do that anymore. They don't want to do that anymore and Buffalo is taking that excuse away. First they said, three years ago when I first started running, they said you cannot run against a multi-million dollar incumbent, a 20-year incumbent who is poised to be the next Speaker of the House, that is a $3 million campaign, it's just a drop in the bucket from him. You can't do that. He's the chair of, of, the, of the Queen's Democratic Party, totally entrenched, everything locked. You can't do that. That's what they said. I said, and, and they told that to everyone for so long that there wasn't a primary challenge in our community for 14 years. 14, 14 years we didn't have a choice in who led us. And I said, you know what? I was, I was wiping down you know, the bar at the end of my shift and I said, I said, well, why don't we try? I said, why don't we try? I did not care whether we won or lost. You know, I cared about winning at that time, but we had so many things we needed to do. We needed to organize our community first. 
And so I said, I don't, you know, we started running way early. And I said, I'm not going to focus on that right now. What I want, my goal, is for my community to be more educated, organized, and rallied at the end of this process than it was before. And if we, that's what our goal is. That's what our goal is. And if we meet that goal, then we can win. Then we can win. So we did it. So we win. It was crazy. <laughs> then they said the day after, or two days after, it was a fluke. It was a fluke is what they said. From former Governor Cuomo, this is like five minutes there. He said, this is a fluke, it was an accident. Um, it, this was a, this, you know, forget about all of this. This never happened, right? This didn't happen, it was a fluke, like, th this is just a one-off. Okay, all right, it's a one-off. Then Ayanna Presley got elected. <laughs> then Rashida Tlaib got elected. <laughs> then Ilhan Omar got elected. <laughs> all in one year. They said, ah, it's just the crazy midterm. It's just this one year, 2018, it's just, you know, it's just this one year, just so, you know, there's a, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's an off year, okay? But this will never happen again. Yeah, this, this will never happen again. All right, okay, fine. Then 2020 came around. Cori Bush won her primary in Missouri. Overturned an incumbent. Jamal Bowman overturned a multi-decade incumbent in the Bronx. Mondaire Jones got elected. Marie Newman got elected. A 24, 25-year-old, 26 maybe at the time, uh, Jessica Cisneros came within one point of, being a, of beating a Koch brother-backed congressional incumbent. And then they said, oh, maybe this wasn't an accident. And then they started taking us very seriously. Very seriously. But let me tell you about why this race right here is important. Because those right there are legislative victories. They're very important. And to start getting these notches in, and start building this coalition is incredibly important. It is critical and it's having its effects. Because of all of that organizing, the Progressive Caucus in Washington held out and said, no, Senator Manchin, we are not gonna just pass and rubber stamp this until we get childcare in this country. So we're getting a little, there's a little spine that's developing out there. But let me, on that note, let me tell you, how, how does that make this race important? Because it is not enough for us to just have victories in legislative bodies. We need to show that we can execute. We need to show that we can do the damn thing. We need to show that we can govern in executive positions. Because the only reason that, we, that, that the Democratic Party in Washington has even 
believed and felt and started rallying around universal childcare in the United States is because the city did it first. It's because we did it in New York City. New York City, we came out and we said, we're gonna have universal pre-K. We're gonna do it. Universal pre-K. And everybody said no. Vicious lobbying what, at that time. It was, an, it was an effort that was incredibly lobbied against. Even the New York Times said this is irresponsible and we can't get it done and that the proposal is, is, a, is a pipe dream, you know? But you know what? We passed it. We established universal pre-K in New York City. So that happened yesterday. AOC in town campaigning for India Walton. Should be noted that throughout the election, both AOC and India Walton have been invited to appear on this show. And so far, that's been the response. But when we come back, we do have guests. We do have people that want to appear on the show. And in the next hour, we have State Senator Rob Ort joining us to talk about the upcoming election and maybe a few updates of what's going on in Albany. And then at 1130, Councilmember Rashid Wyatt talking about the news that came out this week of the discussion of a downtown stadium starting up again. And what are the logistics to making this happen? Uh, And also his thoughts on the upcoming elections. So an entire hour left. It is Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.